The passage before us accounts the prosperity of Isaac, despite even a famine being in the region at that time. And though he had tremendous wealth already inherited from his father, he continues to abound. Even despite, as we've said, a famine being in the area, he, he multiplies, we're told in verse 12, and hundredfold is the blessing of God upon his material advancement. And so with all of that, there would have been, and it's hard for us sometimes to think about it, but if we stop and think, well, what would this have meant? It would have meant, well, he's not going to carry that around. He's going to sell some of it, and he's going to sell some of it maybe just to have maybe gold, silver. Maybe he's going to invest in other flocks and and cattle that he can move around. But whatever the case, he's advancing, and, and key to all of his business is water. He cannot continue to advance without water. In fact, you take water out of the equation, his business is devastated very, very quickly. In fact, all his household would be devastated by that. I was thinking of verse 18, where we learn of Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. I was just struck by that, reading it last week, where he is forced, and you see the scenario in the providence of God moving him along, the men of the area envying him, driving him out of it, but he goes to places where his father had been before. Places that had been a means of blessing to his father. And he was able to, in his day, provide for all the increase of his wealth and business. And Isaac gets back to the same places in order to enjoy the same blessings. I was thinking about this just in a very simple fashion with regard to the need in our lives at times to dig again wells that have existed before. In our own lives to... to to get to a place where we need to be, a place perhaps we were in the past and we're no longer there in the present. You see all the needs of the work of God. You see, you know, I can account in my mind the history of our own denomination, things that I know that have happened and little periods in which God has provided abundantly. Times in which there was just a, a kind of just a big influx of laborers, of men for the ministry, men for the mission field. And you you look at our current day and you say, Lord, we need it desperately again. But not just in terms of the broader, but even on an individual basis. There are many of us in a place where we are simply not where we once were. And this passage, I think, has some application for us to consider before we pray As you read those words of verse 18, Isaac digged again. First, it implies a history. It implies a history, doesn't it? To dig again, to do anything again, implies history. And there's a history, of course, with these areas. Abraham, this man greatly favored by God, called out of Ur of the Chaldees to obey God and given tremendous promises of what God planned to do through him and his seed. Yet he had all of his trials and difficulties just like anyone else. He, he meandered through his life, obeying God. At times, of course, just like Isaac here, uh, does the same thing, denying his wife. Abraham did the same thing, uh, running when there was a famine, all those things you see in Abraham's life. But, but foundationally, here's a man who's going forward with God, who keeps going forward with God, who's faithful in obeying the Lord. You see that testimony in verse 5. Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. 
Again, you can look at his life and find the shortcomings, but that's the testimony. Isaac had a father who, by large, broadly speaking, was a man who was committed to obey God and to pass that on. And he did so. His son Isaac's a very different person, but the challenges are not all that different. Living in a world hostile to the gospel, not favorable to those who love the Lord, and finding, as he does in this chapter, even when he's just trying to survive amidst the famine, and no doubt bringing a lot of wealth into the area and being a blessing to the men of that region, the Philistines, no doubt, in some way benefiting from his presence. Yet despite the benefit of his presence, they're filled with envy. They want him out of there. And this sometimes is the case. The world hates the people of God, even when the presence of the people of God bring benefit to them. You think of any region that is without the gospel. Anytime Christians have gone into an area and brought the gospel, it has had other benefits upon the area. Think of, think of the families living there. Think of those who are having their children and have the privilege and the ability to send them to a school where not only will they be educated in the things they need for the practical aspects of life, but in the Word of God as well. It's going to change their lives forever. But when you read these words, Isaac digged again. Here's a man who realizes that whatever blessings his father had in the past, he can't just lean upon that. There needs to be a regaining of what has been lost. You have your history. You have wells that have been digged before. Wells of blessing. The well of a Christian upbringing. The well of Christian education. The well of being brought into a church from maybe as far back as you can look and you can say, I've never not been in a place where I have been soundly taught the Word of God. And you can look back to these various wells and you say, how God has, has been so good to me. Think of how it could have been. Think of where I could have been. And yet despite all those blessings, despite the, the, the abundance of provision that God has provided to you through these various wells, Christian upbringing, education, in a good church, brought into contact with good people, all of that, we can find ourselves in a moment, in a period in which it's almost as if we've gleaned no benefit from it. We're no spiritual than those who don't have those privileges. We are, we are coming up short of the privileges that we've enjoyed. Well, it can be true individually. It can be true of a church as well. And we, if, those of you who have been here long enough, I think, I think we have to say that we have been very blessed and privileged. But some of the wells that we have drunk from and benefited from, they, they seem to be wasted on us. We're really not where we should be given what we have been privileged to enjoy. This is your history. This is my history. And we need to dig again. The wells. But also it indicates labor. 
not only implies a history, it indicates labor. I just have these two points. Isaac digged again. His father had to labor to find these wells and to dig them. And since they'd all been filled in by the Philistines, Isaac has to dig again. Almost start, almost start all over again. Not quite. But it may have felt that way. And this is very true to the Christian experience. That you can reach a point where an honest assessment is, despite all the privileges that I have had, if I am to honestly evaluate where I am in this moment, the best thing that I could do is just start over. Now, you can't start over entirely. The well's already been dug, right? There's, there are landmarks there. You have salvation. You can't undo your position in Christ. You can't remove the Holy Spirit from your life. You are a child of God. Those are yours, never to be taken from you. So you can't reverse that, nor would you want to, but you, you can't do that. But this, aside from all of that, practically speaking, sometimes you have to say, yeah, the best thing that I could do right now would be just to start all over. To take the mentality of that early believer or that point in my life where I was in a better place and hungry for the Word and hungry for prayer and hungry for evangelism, hungry to serve, willing to go anywhere, willing to do anything. I need to get back there. I need to take that mentality, be in that frame of mind and and live there again. Well, if that is the case, it's going to take labor. You have to dig. You have to dig. Backsliding is a real experience, and the one thing about it is it's not easy to get away from a backslidden condition. Now, it's simple. It's not hard, but it's not easy, as in the sense that anyone can do it at any time. Of course, when I refer to backsliding, I'm not talking about the regular stumblings of the believer, where you, like, shouldn't have said that, and you have to repent and right wrongs and stuff. I'm talking about spiritual reverse, a loss of light and life, sometimes brought through a loss of discipline, spiritual discipline, sometimes brought about through a loss of heart, like you're doing the same things, but your heart's not in it. Whatever it is, it's a loss of ground, a loss of divine power, a loss of spiritual sight, a loss of sacred tenderness towards the things of God. The backslider understands the language of Revelation 2.4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. It wasn't unique to those that Christ addressed there. The psalmist in Psalm 31 Verse 10, my strength faileth because of mine iniquity. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity. What strength fails because of iniquity? He's not talking about physical strength. Physical strength doesn't necessarily, it may, it may, but I don't think it's really what he's getting on or addressing there. There there is another strength that fails because of iniquity. It is spiritual strength. It fails because of iniquity. There are sins that are allowed to 
have their way in our heart. We, we guard them. We protect them. We give excuses for them. We say they're not that big a deal. Even though we know the Holy Spirit has in the past and maybe even recent times put his finger, as it were, on that very thing. And we wonder why we're weak. We wonder why we, we struggle to enjoy the Word, to see Christ in the Word, to feel at liberty and the joy that we once knew. Our strength fails because of iniquity. Backsliding reflects internal, sometimes external, marks. These marks correspond with the warnings given in Hebrews 12. Verse 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. I'm not saying that's what's happening in the life of the backslider, but the marks of it are there. The things you can see in someone who's feeling of the grace of God is often seen in the backslider. So what do you do? You have to dig the wells. And it takes labor. If you're in a place where you're saying, I, I am not where I was, and I, don't, I want to be once again where I was, maybe even further on, I think that should be right to aspire to that. Then you need to dig. There's no escaping the digging, the labor. We lament with Sam, the psalmist in Psalm 89, 49, Lord, where are thy former loving kindnesses? Where are they? Where have they gone? They're under the soil that you've allowed to accumulate in the well that you once enjoyed. Or do we not sometimes feel like Job? Job 29, verse 2. Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me. You know, it's worse than being there. being blinded to the fact that that is how you ought to feel. Where you don't even discern that, that light that shines upon your head, that light by which you walk through darkness, when you don't even know that it's gone. What do you do? You dig again. Isaac digged again. That would be a good thing to be able to be said over this congregation, I think. Each individual, they digged again. <laughs> they got at the work of recovery, of revival, personal revival, of reformation, of advancement, of going from strength to strength, of, of, of enjoying more of God than you've ever enjoyed before. shouldn't be that our memories are distant always. The heights are in some bygone era. Can there not be new heights? Can there not be new memories? 
Can there not be fresh testimonies that God give me grace to dig again the well? And oh, what joy when I drank from those waters again. I forgot what it was like. Such freshness in the gospel. Such fresh and sweet taste was Christ to my soul. I could barely stop myself weeping at the thought of his love for me. You were once there. You can be there again. Dig the wells, beloved. Dig again those wells. May God help you and help me. We're going to sing before we pray.